The thing about improv, it's kind of like acapella. Um, yeah. You just add a word to the word. Sadprov, satapella. Satapella. Yeah. Well, because like when I was in college, we were working on starting an acapella group, and mm-hmm. you can't think of a good acapella group name because they've all been taken. Have they? Vo- voice. Yeah. Voice. Oh, yes. Gauntlet Throne. Yeah. Gauntlet Throne. <laughs> voice nuptials. Voice nuptials. What? I'm sure that's a group. We always wanted to be rockapella. Of course, that one's taken. Oh, that's oh, that's uh, what, that was like the first one. Virginia Tech's is juxtaposition. UNC is the cliffhangers. Oh God, these are um, the worst. <laughs> Clemson is Tiger Roar. Unfortunately, does it have to be a pun? Looks like Just someone's for- <laughs> getting into treble. How about nothing but treble? Oh no, that's no. Oh no. Um, how, you were treble when how about you walked off in. Base. True and falsetto. Yeah. Oh, I don't think that was good. That's good. Schrodinger's beatbox. Schrodinger's beatbox. Who's the treble makers? I think the treble makers is a group, but For sure. it's. <laughs> I want to know who it is, and I want to punch every one of them. I am First, we'll have a little chat, then put on our improvers. Now it's time for next step. Well, this just in. Oh, oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Off to a great start. Oh, but seriously, are we ready man. to start? <laughs> yeah, no, we're ready. Uh, hey everybody, we've got this just in with us today. How you guys doing? Uh, pretty good. Awake. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, this is just after Improvathon, and so uh, these gents are a little tired. Yeah. And uh, if you could please uh, introduce yourselves to the audience. Excellent. I am Nathan Kelly Rouse, and I have the voice of a thirteen-year-old. I am Justin Bentoncourt. I am Eddie Vetter with the head cold. Uh, and I am Phil Schramm, uh, otherwise known as the producer of this Justin. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, I am joined by Philip Simondet, and my voice is rough because I've been sick for a week. And your host, as always, is Matt McLeod. And uh, quick sidebar, Philip. Yeah. I think your voice sounds great. Yeah, it's got that like sexy sick quality. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like beaten up. It's a little bit like Bob Dylan-y, little yeah. like uh, Tom Waitsy almost. I'm into it, but... Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you've got a little bit of that journeyman Bruce Springsteen yeah. thing going for you. Yeah, there's some. There's going to be some serious vocal fry on this. It sounds like it's lived. Yeah. All right. I've All right. seen some shit, you guys. Uh, Sidebar side over. All right. Uh, hey, guys. Hi. Uh, how's it going? So you three are a, a news team. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and 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 you routinely uh, do live broadcasts called "This Just In." Correct. Um, yeah, we we do them live because we can't afford a camera. Yeah. Right. Or really anything that a news team has. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stepping back from the the gag, it, you're an improv group that that uh, performs as a as a news team on stage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we get the as our inspiration or the get, uh, we get an actual news headline uh, mm-hmm. that we take from our news from Reddit.com because because it's just, it's in it's, a it's in a list format, and right. so we just get a number from one to twenty five, and whichever story it is, that's what we lead with. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. you meant because you wanted to go to the most misanthropic. Oh yes. Place. That too. That too. Like the most credible news source in the entire world. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, like, we we reserve the right to if it's anything like really touchy, like mm-hmm. like sensitive. Like, let's let's avoid that one. Yeah. Especially now with politics, we're kind of getting to the point where we're like, eh, there's so you hear so much of that in real life. You want to go to an improv show and be entertained, so we don't feel the need to address that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I. Don't know the last time I saw a Facebook post that wasn't about politics. Right. Yeah. Uh, We're more interested in like the hard-hitting stuff, like saying butts. <laughs> That's about it. That's a headline? Yeah, we typically devolve. It, like No matter what the headline is, it devolves to butts. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we call ourselves an improvised news show. We're an absurdist show under the guise of an improvised news show. Okay. I think that's a fair way to describe us. Yeah. It, what what ends up being like the, the surface level of, oh, we're a new show, it just ends up being the absurd dynamics of the three of us and whatever crazy characters sure. are on the field or get interviewed or however it turns into. We've had rehearsals where demons possessed us and <laughs> caused us to switch bodies or there's a ghost in the studio or someone has kidnapped my character and... 
weird stuff happens yeah. in mm-hmm. this show that is not news. Well, I, I want to come back to the uh, like absurdist show like that kind of portrays itself as a news show. But let's talk about what an actual show would look like for somebody that maybe hasn't seen your show. Uh, what would they see if they came to see this just in? Yeah. Uh, so it starts with me coming out as the producer and mm-hmm. then just giving a short monologue of why news is important. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> something and, like and, that. And what does it sound like? It's like, just like, hi, I'm Philip Schramm, producer, CEO, and etc of this just in yeah how every news yeah news yeah (laughs) Yeah. news is the lifeblood of america and as america we believe in news and so this is why we've gathered 25 different stories in order for you to choose which story is important Mm -hmm. then we get the number like let's it's 14 it's always in the middle because it takes me so long to actually (laughs) scroll and then i will announce that uh headline to the audience I will say it twice so they make sure they get it, mostly for me to make sure I'm understanding. Mm-hmm. I won't click the article at all. I will only use the headline, like mm-hmm. like good news should be. <laughs> <laughs> no surface level. Um, so, yeah, and then... It's the Twitter news. Yeah, yeah. That um, typically transitions to us coming out. Uh, we'll typically have kind of like an intro line. Yeah, that... Nathan and Justin play the anchors on the show. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they're they're the ones actually doing the, the news reports and such. Mm-hmm. So we'll just come out and have a little bit of banter as the characters until Phil comes in and gives us the headline. Yeah. And typically we take that headline and we misinterpret it for our own um, twisted... <laughs> thoughts on things so let's say for example it was like target closing on black friday justin i would take that and interpret it as target is taking away our right to go buy old spice and we're angry about that that's exactly what i was thinking in my head old spice (laughs) Spice, yeah (laughs) which then uh depending on how they feel they either just run with the story as them and that's it or they throw it to the field where i will play every character that they throw to the field so mm-hmm. it's like they mm-hmm. throw to betsy on the field or we have an interview with the ceo of target mm-hmm. samuel target <laughs> and it's always something silly like that and then that just gives me liberty to play any kind of character i want yeah and so it usually as you were saying spirals kind of into absurdity mm-hmm. yeah so like usually like my producer character is dealing with some issue or emotion Nathan and Justin's characters, which we're all playing our own names, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They'll, they're dealing with their own internal issues, mm-hmm. and usually those supersede any kind of actual news that is going on. Mm-hmm. So their personal biases and their personal problems bleed into how they report the stories yeah. and how I interact with them and how even then the characters that get interviewed are subtly poking at whatever they're feeling, even they have, they have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if a psychologist saw the show, they would have a lot of thoughts on ego and um, the human psyche, just based on the way we interact. So when you when you first con- conceived of the show, how what was the origin of this? Like, uh, how did you come up with this particular idea, and how did it evolve into the format it is currently? Uh, that was I was doing. I'd kind of had this idea. Um, Joe McGowan and I. Mm-hmm where we would meet and have like coffee and discuss, you know, this is what we want to do. Um, and he and I had talked about doing like a late night show, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. kind of like a uh, talk show, Stephen Colbert type. Mm-hmm. And that kind of fizzled out. So uh, Justin and I are good friends and roommates. And I had pitched this idea to him. I think we were at the Science Museum of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were standing in front of a news desk. And they just like had this like running... Uh, script you could use and we had a uh, oh I've, I've seen that yeah 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 I know and exactly what you're talking about we uh, I had this idea I was like you know what this would be a fun idea for an improv show like you've seen so many uh, similar ideas but never just one that's a basis of a new show mm-hmm. and I think you were pretty hesitant at first. I was very not on board with it <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the kind of person if I think an idea is bad I lean into it because I think you can get from point a to point z uh, if you try hard enough, you I'm just gonna... have to find the different points in between. Yeah, and um, I think it, there was an interesting anecdote uh, Dan Harmon had about the show Community, how the paintball episode is based on school shootings. Like that's a you're taking a bad really? idea and you're forming it into a good idea. Yeah, um, and that's and kind those of those are some of the best episodes of TV like ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I I kind of posited that to Justin, and we had this idea of a rotating uh, producer. 
And then I was working with Phil on a show. And then they asked me. <laughs> and um, that was, I think we had one rehearsal and we were like, nope, there's no reason to ever switch it out. It's got to be Phil. He has to be there the whole time. I, somehow I portrayed enough of an asshole who cared enough to be the running producer of the show. Yeah. And then just the fact that I love playing characters, it's something that is I love yeah. doing, is just playing a weird character. And sometimes like it's a one-off character. It's like, I never want to do this character again, but it was great to do it in that moment. Sure. And so when they throw it to the field, whoever they name me or whatever kind of thing, I'll have something weird or something just mm-hmm. to, to, to mess with them in a sense. But also it's like, here's a character who... His only interaction is with these two characters. And you just get to pop into new characters with, uh, you know, sometimes a moment's mm-hmm. notice. Uh, yeah, sometimes, like, sometimes they preempt it. It's like, we're going to throw it to the field. Or if I have my own idea, I will just walk out as if, and they'll see me mm-hmm. through their, you know, eyes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nathan, Nathan uh, we have a story breaking, like that Yeah, sort of thing. something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I will jump out and play the character, whether... Whether or not it's what I intended, well, who knows? It's what happened. Yeah. When you're interviewing somebody, I mean, just I'm wondering from a mechanic standpoint, mm-hmm. how does that work? Like, so uh, I'm off uh, usually stage right. Mm-hmm. We were going to incorporate the new platform that Huge had put in because mm-hmm. they recently, for uh, a show that Justin was a part of, uh, they built a raised platform, which. Yeah was great and it would have been like the most beautiful thing because we would have said oh i can actually see them in their faces by looking at them but they took it away for family dinner which good idea because there's no way they'd be able to fit all of the people there right so i'm off to the side and they're center stage with Mm -hmm. a table Mm -hmm. and so they will ask me questions and i'm always looking out Mm -hmm. i'm never looking at them because i want to establish that i am in a separate space yeah which is great for body positioning and such. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, like, for oh. the interviewee. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm uh, like, I'm wondering about that mechanic, mm-hmm. but I'm also wondering, like, uh, so say you're interviewing the CEO of Target. Mm-hmm. Who plays the CEO of Target? I do. Yeah. So you, you play both sides? No. Okay. We would be so, the ones So they're the ones, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I Nathan see. and Justin are interviewing whoever I'm portraying. I understand. And we started to get to a point where we've been doing this, we have been together for about a year now Mm -hmm. and we've started playing with the idea per Phil's suggestion to incorporate things like weather and entertainment, sports, things you typically see uh, in a new show. And that's a nice cutaway if we're kind of getting to this monotonous point or Justin and I have a struggle we're dealing with. Yeah, when there's something like rich enough within our own characters that we need to delve more time in, we can throw it to these... Like, you know, common news segments. Yeah. Where then I will play the the common news segment, but then just stop speaking. We're like, oh, we understand that this is going on in the actual news show, but we're going to listen to what What, Nathan and Justin are feeling and talking about while I'm doing the news segment. Are you miming? Yes. Like doing the weather? So like I'm miming doing the weather. So you see me pointing at like signs, like I'm shivering if it's cold. It's more of a theatrical experience that way. And that also, I think that's a great play for us. So while Phil might be talking and Justin and I are doing our miming, we can just get bigger and bigger. And then whenever he's done, it can just cut into something completely absurd based on our physicality. Sure. Yeah, whenever we do that, we seem to keep it going even past when Phil throws it back to us. We're still having our our unpacking moment where we're, where it just gets to a boiling point of us yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. So when the news is thrown back to the anchors, it's just complete chaos. Sure. Uh, it allows you to come back in a in, in the middle of a scene as opposed to starting a new one again. Yeah, and we we've gotten to the point now like we have certain rules where, for example, you can't swear on live TV. So right. if we were to say like, I'll constantly say fuck, Phil will cut us, come out and berate me. And oh sure. Sometimes we'll get caught in like that apology cycle. Uh, yeah, and then there's there's certain bits where like maybe I'll let something slide or something like that, and then it's on my back, and then I'm the one in trouble. And sure. then I will reference that in like via phone calls or whatever. It's all just a part of like keeping the the reality real in sure. a sense. It's like we're trying to play this as real as possible, but at the same time, it's as absurd as possible. Sure, yeah. it, it's still artifice, but it's mm-hmm. 
Um, but you want to maintain the integrity of the yes, article. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That being said, we'll do like three-minute news segments, and then we'll cut to like an eight-minute commercial break, and then we have to acknowledge that. Sure. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds to me like as it's evolved, you've really worked on dynamics of the show so that it's not like you're not hitting one thing constantly and attempting to make the heightening of that one thing um, the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's now you're hitting one thing and then you're moving away from it for a while, maybe coming back to it and, and you're kind of weaving in and out of these different things. At yeah. one point, I described this as like a really, really like adapting, adapt, adaptation of a Herald. Okay. Yeah. Where we have the three different storylines sure. in the sense that we have the Nathan and Justin storyline, yeah. we have my storyline, and then we have the news is itself storyline. Mm-hmm. So the interactions between the interviewers and the interviewee mm-hmm. with them doing the news as the game sort of between all of those three things. Okay. Yeah. And I think a lot of times the catalyst for every scene or really the show itself is Phil's emotional perspective. Like, I know you typically say that the show is about us, but it's often dictated by whatever perspective you come in with. And that determines it because we we do try to focus on a power dynamic as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Phil is obviously the person of power. Um, I think I'm kind of the egomaniac, uh, but also kind of a coward. And then, Justin, do you want to speak on yours? I'm just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I try I, to play my character as, ups, as just absurd as possible and just misunderstanding everything and just being all about himself. So he's pure id. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I have always viewed your character, Justin, as the straight man, as the the one that the audience actually relates to the most. That's Because like, you're, like, you're almost the voice of reason in your idiocracy. Okay. I can kind of see that. I mean, I'm just like the disgruntled person in charge, so you can't relate to that. Nathan's too in himself, and then you're just there to be like so the lovable. In, in a lot of ways, you're playing pure super ego. Yes. It's, so we're getting ego, real super like, ego <laughs> id. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gosh. afraid not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. Um,. Yeah, I think also That's interesting. we had habits in like our first several shows, like murder happened a lot, and we're constantly growing and evolving because we all want to explore different facets. We don't want it to be monotonous for us or the audience. Sure. It's purely entertainment, and we've discussed that a lot in the sense that we can do what everyone else does and go for easy jokes. Like sure. We want to make sure that we're entertaining the audience regardless of exactly the quality or content. We just want to make sure the audience comes in and has a great time. Yeah. And then leaves like, oh, that was great. Even if it's not exactly changing the world, it's making them feel good and distraction from what might be actual news. Yeah. Well, and and this to a different, in a different way came up in in the uh, side pickle interview. Um, Yes. Side pickle. But, uh, which is, which is also uh, a group that you're in, Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But, uh, I mean, you say that this is like pure entertainment, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, okay. The, on the, the, yeah, the, on the, the opposite side of like the side pickle where I, I am trying very hard to make it so like I'm emotionally affecting you outside of the performance. Right. Where it's like after you view this, your worldview might change in a way, even if it's slight. very slight. Mm-hmm. Well, here, here's, here's what... I was thinking about during like a lot of this discussion that you guys have been having, uh, and it sounds like you maybe haven't talked about this before, like your particular roles in the in the show. Very lightly, okay. we've talked about it, but it gets to be like this is a this is a show that if we get too far in our headspace, sure. it it crumbles okay. very easily. Okay, well, it does seem like a very difficult balancing act, and I think a lot of that relies on kind of our camaraderie uh, and like the friendship the three of us have built that sure. keeps us like we're able to emotionally check in to have that understanding with each other. Yeah. So it's, I think it relies a lot on that. If we were people who only kind of liked each other, this would be a shit show. I was chatting with Butch Roy at uh, huge theater and Lauren Anderson. Uh, this was a few months back and we were talking about how difficult it can be to pull off satire in improv. But to me, it seems like your form perfectly set up for satire and i'm wondering if you've considered your i mean just the just the fact that you naturally go towards the absurd in a news format 
is satire in and of itself. And if you if you think about it in those terms, or is it pure entertainment, and you're and you're not really moving in that direction? Oh, look at me to force me oh. to answer this question. Well, I'll, I, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna let you set up, and then I'll... I mean, like as the person who is always giving the stories, it, it does kind of lend itself for me to be the bringer of what the kind of satire will be doing. Mm-hmm. With the actual news story being the base, mm-hmm. and then after that, any news story that comes out of my mouth is just me trying to think about news I've watched or think about stories that I've thought about. Mm-hmm. And it may or not be true what I'm saying, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And to portray that, I'm just trying to think of times where it could have been satire and we were just not aware of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a, it is a very fine line of like, are we... Because the, the, the worst thing I don't want to do is I don't want to just like put out the exact opinion of what I feel about a topic on the stage. I think the characters that we sort of play are satire in themselves mm-hmm. because I know for me, I've taken the persona yeah. of an anchorman who is so into himself that his vanity is just very clear Yeah, and is sort of satire in himself of being someone who doesn't really care about the news any more than he cares about just being seen. Yeah, and I think, like, for me, I, I care about my own opinions. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I mean, the character I play cares about his own opinions, <laughs> and that kind of create. I care about my own opinions, too. Uh, but the three of us, I was raised on satire. Like, Jon Stewart and Colbert was mm-hmm. how I got my news uh, from, like, ages 14 to mm-hmm. 24, 25. And Colbert is absurdist satire. I mean, he's one of the best in the current... You know, climate and an improviser too. And so an improviser that certainly, I think, dictated a lot for us. But we're also we come from a theater background, so yeah. um, I think the three of us love absurdist theater. Phil, especially, um, I adore it. Yeah, so that all I think those two dichotomies definitely dictate how the show goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is satire. It's hard to pull off, but I think we're just doing the best we can <laughs> in a, a very cliche way. Well, it, it is hard to pull off. And I mean, that's what we were, uh, uh, when I was having that conversation, um, we were, that's what we were talking about. It's incredibly difficult to pull off. Yeah. Cause there's the moments where if it's, it's too, if it's too f- like fake, yes, it, 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 it turns off people immediately. Mm-hmm. And then if it just, if it's too on the nose though, it's just like, oh, I get it. Yeah. And you don't it, have to smash me over the head with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also there's the nature of improvisation where it's happening so fast and there's so many balls in the air that you're trying to keep track of that one that is slightly different colored marked satire is hard to take care of in a different way than the rest of the balls that are in the air. So I, and and that's why I was asking, I mean, not in a, you know, judgy way. No, not at all. It's a great question to think about too, especially in any kind of performance venue. Like what is what you're doing satire? Mm -hmm. Just like it's, to have the lens on yourself is a great way to grow as a performer. Mm-hmm. Speaking egotistically here, when I was doing Sultans of Silly shows, there were a couple times where we veered into satire and didn't mean to. Like, we meant to do pure entertainment, but it happened a couple of times. And it's hard to then track it when you realize that you're starting to do it. And I was just wondering where you guys were with that, because it just feels like it's such a prime, uh, it has such potential for that. Uh, especially in our current climate. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I think we try to be edgy without bringing you the news you've heard a lot of and are getting sick of. Like, you know every single thing that's going to happen with the presidential campaign or the switchover. We don't need to talk about that. Things that we feel might be too sensitive. Um, I think we had one really interesting one uh, in a rehearsal, if you guys don't mind talking about this. Uh, It was uh, the UVA uh, rape case. Yes. It was something we yeah. did in a rehearsal, then we checked in and we're like, okay. We we gave it the weight it deserved mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. what we did. But we agreed never to do that again on stage. Sure. Um it was a great it was a great rehearsal to be able to see how we could handle a topic of great weight. Sure. And I think we all knew emotionally it's like this is not something to take lightly and we need to acknowledge it as real and as humanly as possible, mm-hmm. which it, it then paints the set that way. Yeah. 
And it just it makes it very, very difficult to try to get into lighter topics when we start that. But at the same time, it's a great challenge in a rehearsal because it does kind of force us to do that, to balance it and give it the weight it deserves and be honest and open about it. But also realizing we are trying to do a fun improv show and keep that balance. Yeah, and that's that's totally fair. And and I mean, it's it's cool to hear what your like philosophy is on your show, that you have a pretty clear vision of what you want your show to be. So speaking of which. Where would you like your show to go? It sounds like it's evolved pretty heavily in the year that you've already been working on it. What would you like to see evolve in the future? I mean, like as we incorporate more and more elements that we're thinking about, like the the new element of just being able to hear what they're saying during the show while the news is going on and just keeping to think how more real can we portray this news studio? Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. And I think getting to that level of it almost being an exact replica of a new show, but at the same time still keeping all the absurdity along with it. Sure. And I think it's something worth mentioning. Everything we do, we consider canon. So whatever happened in our first show is still true in our next show. So it's a singular universe. Yeah. And okay. uh, I I would love to even just play with it a little bit. You know, I'd love to do something where we time hop to a different place in time, uh, do our news, or even a show where the news never even happens. Um, Hmm. I don't want to limit us, I think. There was a a bit that I was planning on doing, and I've warned them that it might happen, (laughs) is that I never go on with the initial suggestion. So I get the suggestion, and then they come out, and then I never appear. And they're waiting. But I, I, I would tr- I trust them enough to be able to keep the show going for the 20, oh, sure. 25 yeah. minutes. But and eventually we would have to say, all right, enough waiting for Phil and we'll figure it out. Because we really don't like to hear the headline ahead of time. I think we go out of our way to avoid hearing it, which is really tricky when... Yeah, just we'll, logistically we'll, speaking. We'll be backstage and we'll just have our ears plugged, like, uh, humming to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but also keeping an eye out for listening when Phil is done with... <laughs> reading the suggestion because it goes right into the show after that so we just don't want to be backstage the whole time and just have that dead space and phil is typically pretty loud but he'll always say and that is your top story and that's how we know all right we'll go out so that part is usually loud enough that we do here we haven't fucked up yet (laughs) but yeah that's that's kind of where i want to see the show growing Mm -hmm. is to like an almost exact replica of like your seven o'clock news show Mm mm-hmm to the point where it's like it's almost indistinguishable, but you know that this is a, a, a comedy, mm-hmm. As, or we hope that you think it's a comedy. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of somebody whose life's a comedy, <laughs> now's the time of the show where I throw the microphone over to Phil Simondet <laughs> for a brand new segment that we call Phillips Corner. It's Phillips Corner. Thank you for that. I liked that. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome to Phillips Corner. This is a brand new segment that we're going to try out for this episode. It's my favorite brand new cool. segment. Uh, what it is. It's a real tester today. Yeah, it's a demo. It's mm-hmm. a demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, beta, beta, ber, beta version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> beta version. Beta version. Beta version. Uh, Hopefully so what it lives. Do? Yeah. yeah. I, I could see this going through, whatever it may be. You don't even know what it is yet. No, I don't. Still hesitant. Yeah. So what it is. Jury's still out with Justin. I will, one at a time, stare into your eyes and extract a question from your soul. I'll verbalize that question. You will listen to it and then answer in a way that makes the question seem good. We clear? Cool. Still has to. Where should I start? Nathan. Philip. What's something not true that you've always thought was true? Something not true that I've always thought was true. Um, Well, I'm not going to say the Loch Ness Monster because that's very true. You legitimately believe in the Loch Ness Monster? There's proof. Oh, what's the proof? The proof is me. I want to be convinced too. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I've heard way too much of Nathan talking about the Loch Ness Monster. I'm just going to... If we're going to go into this whole, I don't think we have the time for it, but I am a (laughs) true believer in Nessie. So if we want to go there, yeah, I will constantly check news updates, uh, make sure, but I think there's enough photo evidence out there to support, if not like 
a monster. There's definitely something in Loch Ness. So there's some photographic evidence. What else has convinced you? Like the Google Maps. I don't know if you've seen that. It's like a... That doesn't that? count, Matt. That's I, I don't consider that a real one, but oh gosh. I so just, Matt's pulled up on his phone the classic Nessie photo. Of just the, the, the swimmer who's doing probably just like the, the regular swim move. The what? butterfly. You're, you're a swimmer. That's Loch Ness. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a true believer in the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, just two days ago, the sun said, are they, these splashes evidence that the Loch Ness Monster I, exists? I saw that too. Or was it the wind? Like we, and because I saw it, I corroborate a story. Yeah. How do you take a picture of the wind? <laughs> oh, how do you catch the moonbeam in your hand? That's not an answer. Pictured here, the wind and the moonbeam together. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm it's an a avid conspiracy. I'm an avid believer in the Loch Ness monster, and uh, I don't think anybody can convince me otherwise. Very good, very good, Justin. What's something you've captured, in, in any medium, film, audio, or like in a cage? that rocked your world like you didn't you never thought you would capture this thing that is a good question and i feel i've I've struggled with that because i always i always see things that i want to capture if i have a if i have a camera i see the moments and i click it too late and if it's something i want to record i i'm always a day late and dollar short with that are you um, are you old enough to have been like trying to record songs on a cassette tape off of the radio? Or are you too young for that? So I used to record. That's how I used to record television shows. Okay, yeah, is with a cassette yeah. recorder in front of the speaker. Oh, so you uh, only yes. capture the audio, and then I, I would just have the audio. And my parents tried to convince me that was just as good as the show. No, it's not. (laughs) No, trust me. Disney Channel original movie, The Other Me, has to be seen, not heard. And Barney and Friends does not work as a radio radio show. You have to see the magic. Did they not have, did they not want to get you a VCR? I don't know. What is, but I have tapes upon tapes of Barney and Friends recording that is interspersed with little audio recordings of me and my brother because the tape recorder would just record everything around it yeah. so yeah. if that's amazing if i spoke during the show it would be there forever that's an amazing <laughs> chronicle and then you could lie and say like i was a part of barney and friends do you not hear my voice and Ooh. i would use those cassette tapes as proof <laughs> that i existed in barney and friends like Loch Ness. <laughs> And Barney and Friends would be the Loch Ness Monster. I am the Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) You've been under my nose the entire time. And you never suspected a thing. And you're not just a swimmer. But I do a killer butterfly. Phil. Lip. What is the boldest lie you've ever stuck to? (laughs) Okay. I have this bit where I'm working and everywhere I've worked where I tell people that I have two daughters. What? <laughs> what? I go up to them and I, I do it naturally. So like they have to be talking about their children. And it's like, oh yeah, my two daughters love that. And then they take a second to be like, wait, what? And then they ask, what are their names? Or like, how old are they? And it's like one in three. Uh, their names are Aria and Lisa. And I've got the backstory all laid out. And then they're just like, they're they're stunned and panicked. <laughs> is Lisa the one year old or the three? Lisa is the one year old. Aria is the three year old. You would you would you would take that bold leap to name your first kid Aria? Of course. <laughs> then you dial it, then you dial it back with Lisa. Yeah. And just for the record, how old are you? I am 26. I've been doing this lie since uh, my first job of 19. Were they three and one when you were 19? Oh, they've always been three and one. (laughs) No matter who I tell, it's always three years old and one year old. And then I tell them the truth afterwards, but it's one of those things. How long do you hold it? Oh, I hold it until I know there's just a, until I know they believed me. I will revert that truth and just... Pull the rug from under their nose. This is like a serial killer thing. <laughs> you know what though? Serial In Phil's do. defense, I also tell people I have a daughter at work. What? Yeah, I. I <laughs> what? Work, 
I, like, but that's the thing, yeah. though. If is you this have, a thing? Is if this you have no, love? No. Like, I found out because I've tried to do it with one daughter, and they call me out on it. If I do it oh, with two, oh. they don't. Go bold, yeah. See, I don't worry about that because I, I work as a recruiter, and whenever I go to career fairs, there's always free stuff out. So I, I've realized everybody will go to a career fair, and they'll always say they're getting something for their daughter. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm going to do that. So I'll walk by, like, the Target career fair mm-hmm. section and I'll grab something and be like it's for my daughter and they never question you on that what's her name uh, it's Michelle weak name how old is she she is also three years old wait why are you getting, she's getting job applications fair. because they have cool stuff there like a car and, charger and how old are you, you, you see, I am also 26 you see how we're all reg- like we're all offended by Nathan <laughs> but mine we're all like oh yeah <laughs> I'm um, pointing at everybody with my finger <laughs> in my eye. I don't think I could pull off having a fake child. Like I, I you're not responsible. I'm not enough responsible to have enough to have a fake child. You don't have pictures of your child. If I had Wait, a do child, you have pictures? You don't have pictures of your fake children. <laughs> the the next step I was planning on doing was to borrow children and bring them into work. <laughs> but uh, that is the boldest lie I have ever told. Yeah. Wow, fantastic. Uh, final question. Um, but by, by the way, real quick, yeah. Philip, every Philip's Corner question that hasn't worked before is Take. forgiven. It's forgiven. <laughs> wow. Yes. You guys. I, 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 mean, I don't know if that's so a testament to you or to us. To you, for sure. I mean, this, this is the first time you've ever done it, so. <laughs> I think this so segment could go somewhere. So we try it next week. Yes. 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 I don't know. Will it live up to the magic, though? <laughs> we don't know. We never do. Final question. One word at a time. I want a headline. What's the the headline on Arya's 10th birthday, seven years from now? Shocking. Twist. Beverly loved her sister. All day. Exclamation point. Thank you so much. This has been Phillip's Corner. Yay! All right, you guys ready to do some improv? You fucking liars! <laughs> I know a good headline. All right. Michael Dalaval saved thirty percent on a pair of corduroy pants recently. Oh, that's great! I love making fun of Michael Dalaval. Let's go! And this is your top story. So I look at him and I say, "You gonna pay for the cappuccino, or are you just gonna, you know, drink it?" Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he drank it. Didn't even pay for it. Um, I I found it weird that you decided that your midlife goal was to become a barista at Starbucks. I got to fill in somehow. Look, you got to make ends meet. The news doesn't pay like it used to. You missed my birthday party because you said you were working a double. I thought you were here. No. I had to do a thing. All right. Sam dropped out. He's the, the best caramel macchiato expert. All right. I had to live up to that. So you're really in about you're really in this Starbucks job. I'm committing, yeah. Like I don't want to say it's a career, but it's an option. I thought this was your career. This is my career, but somebody can have two careers. I think it's more of like a one-time thing. You have to have one career and then you can have a side job. You got to decide, are you Starbucks or are you here? Which is your career? Can you not put that on me right now? All right, Matt, uh, Philip, uh, to end the tour, this is uh, the lifeblood of the show, Nathan and Justin. Uh, they, they're the anchors. Oh, wow. Oh, huh. Nice to meet nice you Nice to guys. meet you guys. Flash. Flash. Uh, you both look oh, smaller, smaller in, in, in real life. Uh, Nathan, Justin, these are our executive producers, uh, Matt and Philip. Hey, Phil, can we have a side pickle with you? Yeah. Okay. Who the fuck is this? Do they always talk at the same time? They're our executive producers. You know how we're actually able to do the show? Well, yeah, yeah, I knew that part, but I didn't know the executive producer part. Yes, they're they're the ones who keep the show in line. They're the Mark Wahlberg of this entourage. Like when you are fuck they... up and I don't get to, to to fix the fuck up, they fuck me up. So are they are they like are they your fathers? Also, are you saying there are consequences for our actions? Sorry about that, guys. Uh, oh, no, no problem. problem. Hey, hey, listen. listen. Will you record my, my outgoing, outgoing voicemail voice message? message? Phil, they're really skeezing me out. Yeah, actually, I would. I'd be more than happy to do that. I am really skeezed. Well, uh, keep that skeez in line because we have to do the show. Hold up, can we do this voicemail thing first? All right, this outgoing message and, and talk, talk now. now. 
Good evening. I'm Nathan Rouse. And I'm Justin Bettencourt. And this, Justin, you have reached Matt and Phil, who are not Philip, who are... God, okay. they, this is a voicemail. I'll do it again. again. Right. Hold on. You gotta brief me on those things. I'm sorry. I thought the camera was on. No, the camera's not on. Okay, okay, guys, guys, we, we need to get to the news. Oh, okay, one, one more, more time. Okay, 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 okay. Here we okay. go. Oh. And, and begin. begin. Good evening. I'm Nathan Rouse. And I'm Justin Bentoncourt. And, and this just inbox male voicemail inbox of Matthew and Philip. Please leave a message after the beep. But leave your name in in that message so he knows who you are. And a brief detail of why you're calling. And a number where they can reach you. Beep. Fantastic. Thank you. Okay, cool. Okay, guys, uh, top story because we need to get on the news oh. in like five seconds. Uh, Michael Dallavelle bought 30% off pants, corduroys. Go with it. I don't know where. Make it up. Five, four, three, two. Do we need to two. not be on the stage here? Should we? I'll just... Good evening. I'm Nathan Rouse. And I'm Justin Bettencourt. And, and this, Justin. We have breaking news outside of Minneapolis. 30% of Michael Dolivall's pants are missing. That's right. You might think that you stocked up at the Gap, but things are about to change when you notice the Gap in your closet. Yeah, that's right. It looks like Michael Dolivall missed the target on his pants. It looks like he... I can't think of another clothes pun. Forget it. For more on this story, we go to Michael Dolivall on the field. Michael, are you there? Are you there? Oh, hey. Uh, yeah. Oh, hi. <laughs> so, 30% of your pants, where did they go? Assless chaps. Is, is that, that a whole 30%? 30%? My ass is 30% of my body. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, I, I'm wondering, is it is it just assless chaps? Or is it perhaps... Assless chaps that are capri pants. Also, can we say assless chaps on air? Yeah, you guys can say assless chaps. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Phil. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just I just went to a store. I bought pants, and they were assless, thirty percent off. Are you wearing like underwear underneath? Or? Oh no, free burden. And like public, because it's getting cold here. It's getting cold. And, I mean, uh, like this interview is taking place in my house, so public were, in the sense that my public was it was the deal that the pants were 30 percent off price or were they full price and just 30 percent less pants i've been compromised cut his feet cut, cut his feet, feet cut his feet wow shocking so if you want to head down to the abercrombie and fitch they'll throw you an abercrombie and pitch but they won't tell you is the 30 percent off the price are off the pants. Sometimes if you want an American Eagle, you've got to clip its wings. And we'll be right back after this. Okay, guys. Uh, great, great job, uh, executive producers. Uh, that, is, I mean, that was fascinating, fascinating to, to watch. watch. <laughs> so you liked it. You liked it. You're, you're still keep, you'll keep, you'll keep uh, funding the show and everything. And I loved it. I'm still confused about the pants. This is really concerning to me. Justin, you just report the news. Don't. When I go to Walmart to get my bargain pants, I want to make sure they're all there. If they say 30% off, I want that I want to know that I'm paying less for full pants. Justin, can we can we talk about this for a second? I think you're skirting around the bigger issue, which is that you have a personal connection to this story. I, I do. Yeah. We share I, pants. Beyond that though, I know that you share a political party. With Michael Dolivall. Yes, the I, pants party. Yes, the pants party. It's our big platform. We have pants. Yes, we do. We have pants. We pants you. I'm sorry, Alec. I, you know I don't want to bring personal politics into this, but the fact that you are not being a neutral party on this is really upsetting do to me. Do you not understand that Michael Dolivall admitting on the air that he has 30% less of a pants could be the death of our career? Oh, really? The death of a career? You mean... You have two careers? Can you do that? It's a political career. It's different. It's like an imaginary career. Okay, guys, I know, I know, I know you're, I know you're fighting and doing the thing you like the most. We're not fighting. We're discussing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, very we, we've angrily, got, we've got uh, a special little interview with, uh, the, 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 with sports. Uh, we got a sports interview. Uh, the sports guy and the the famous athlete of football is here. <laughs> 
So that's just, all we need just, to know. Just throw it to them. Less is more. So on the air in five, four, so three. So this is how no. the sausage is made. <laughs> And we're back. Take me out to the ball game, Justin. Boy, we got a story for you. That's right. It looks like we have our our field reporter, Kicks Bud, our sports guy, is in the field with a professional sports player. Yeah, that's right. The professional sports player. We bring you now to Kicks Buds. Kicks Buds. And the famous athlete. Hi, I'm Kickspuds, and I am so stoked today to be sharing the athlete of the year, James. James. <laughs> yeah, hey, Kicks. Uh, it's great to be here with you. Oh, we love James. Yeah, James. Thank you. Thank you. I love you all, too. Now, you just won the competition recently. Yeah. Tell yeah. me what that felt like. Uh, you know, it felt good. felt good. felt like uh, felt like all my hard work's paid off. Hell yeah, yeah. James won. You suck. Go Knicks. Kill him. Oh. Oh. There's been a murder nearby, but I do sports, so I'm going to stick with this interview. Thanks, fans. You're number one. Now, James, rumor has it that you have been dating a Big name movie star. <laughs> Where did you hear this rumor? I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Sometimes what you hear is true. Oh my oh god. No, James is off the market. James, who is it? Well, I'll tell you what. This person's name starts with a letter. Ooh, juicy details. I'm gonna dig more into this. Back to you, Nate and Justin. Thank you so much, Rocky Spudbutt. Kick, kick spud. Nathan, you should really learn the names of the people you work with. Thank you, Justin. Kick spud was at my birthday party. Cut, cut. Nathan, you just did a slur on air. A, a slur? McButt spuds? That's offensive. I'm sorry, nobody tells me these anymore. Guys, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, well it's pretty, pretty disappointing. disappointing. It's okay, Nathan's from a different time. Yeah. Listen, I didn't know these things were... You're racist against spuds. It's not that I'm not racist. You're making stories about me. Me and my assless chaps. Michael Dallaval? Yeah, I'm here. What the hell do you think you're doing saying you don't have 30% of your pants? Can you not see it? Look at my butt. He can Uh, see it. Oh, it's blinding. Do you want to share this? No. I don't don't think we can. I don't want to wear those pants. You should go go to the store. I'm going to say it. If I can't say Rocky McSpudbutt, he definitely should Nathan. be able to show it. <laughs> what? Guys, we're not on air. We're not on air at all. That doesn't that... give him an excuse. Hey, I'm here. I'm here for you. I hear you talking about me. Michael Delval. I like the, the cut, cut of, of this guy's jib. One question, Mr. Delaval. Yeah, go ahead. When, when you, you got, got rid of 30% of your pants... Why, Why did, did you, you expose your, your disgusting butt when you when could have exposed your beautiful calves? <laughs> yeah. Make, maybe make the 60% off pants. Those calves are a national treasure. They are nice. They're toned. They're defined. They have a little bit of hair. Not too much. Just the right amount. What the hell is going on right now? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, pretty good. This sounds, sounds like, like breaking break news. Put, Put it, it on, on the, the air, air boys. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, yes, sirs. Yes, sirs. Uh, 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 Put it on the air. Five, okay, four, okay. three, two. I'm going to like this. Breaking news. We have the death of a political career happening within our new studio. Uh, well, well, what Nathan means to say is that we have a very prominent political campaigner here. You like my calves? Uh, and he's I'm here to, one calf and one cheek. He's here to tell you all about his new clothing line that definitely involves all of his pants. Michael Dalval. Oh, hey. I'm uh, Michael Dalval. Uh, you look at my leg? You like it? You like my leg? I don't hate it. Do you like my cheek? Uh, jury's still out on that one. It's got a tattoo. Didn't need oh. to know that. Wait, wait, wait. Can we zoom in on that tattoo? Whoa! All right. I'm just going to say it. 
Justin. We are showing a guy's naked butt, but I can't say Rocky McSpudbutt. <gasps> Listen. Cut, cut. Yeah. Nathan, you did the slurs again. I'm not. All right. I just want to. Do I have to stop showing my ass now? Yes, please do. Did you notice that the tattoo was a butt on his butt? Two nah. wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> Guys, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that Nathan keeps saying these swears. This, this is, is what gets ratings. He's from a different time. He's from the 1930s. I think Wait. they're agreeing with me. Nathan has traveled here from the 1930s. You're, you're, you're for it now? And that's how they talk. We, we love, love this, this show. <laughs> you heard it. They love this shit show. I don't get paid enough for this. You get a raise. Yes. Hold up, me or Phil? You get a raise. Who gets who gets the grace? Who's getting the grace here? Braze. Who's getting the braze here? Who's getting the braze? It's time for Lay's potato chips. Oh, that's right. We got to kick it to our sponsors. To our sponsor today, Lay's potato chips. Well, like we haven't, we're not on the news right now. No, I was saying that to remind myself. Yes. All right, Phil. Do we do we have anyone that represents Lay's? Yeah, we've got the we've got the quartet singers. There's only three of them though. Oh wow, the quartet. <laughs> we got three of the quartet singers. Yes, uh, that's just, impressive. Just, just cut it to them. All right. I'm gonna leave with my ass. All right, I'll, I'll see you later. We have, we have see a see you at rehearsal, Justin. Yep. All right, guys, you're on the air. Uh, five, hey, see Lee, I love three, to watch him go. Two. You know, Justin, the only thing I love more than a nice crispy bag of Lay's potato chips is a nice hot cup of Starbucks caramel macchiato. Well, Nathan, I'll say that uh, what, what you drink with the Lay's is inconsequential because Lay's potato chips go well with any beverage at any time. Unless, of course, they're a Lay's cappuccino chip. Love that crunch of the mm. Lay's potato chips original flavor, one that they actually have on the shelves now, Nathan. Which goes great with a nice hot cup of, of Starbucks tunes. cappuccino. What? Why, Why are, are they, they promoting, promoting Starbucks? Starbucks? I, I, I don't know, guys. I don't know. Uh, they just keep talking. They keep talking. I, they're the not listening Lay's to me. The Lay's company has got my grandchildren. grandchildren. Aria and Lisa. I'm, I'm so sorry. That, that, that's your daughter's names, too? My grandchildren. Oh, grandchildren, They're yes. They're going to kill them if Lay's sales don't go up. Guys, guys, get to the Lay's people. Stop talking about Starbucks. You know, I do like the pumpkin spice, though. Uh, right? It is good. And the red cups. They're bringing those back They're now. They're bringing Justin, back the red cups. Yes. Go to the singers. <laughs> Just go to the Lace Quartet Singers. Oh, yeah. We also have the Lace Quartet Singers. Why don't you guys do whatever it is you do? Love that latte. Lace. 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 Thank you for that beautiful promotion. And just remember, the best part of waking up is Is Starbucks Starbucks in in your cup. cup. We'll be right back. (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, Yeah, I thought we had a strong promotion. We really sold it. Yeah, I think Starbucks might be something... That you can learn to love, Justin. What the, the fuck, fuck was that? I've, I've gotten, gotten three granddaughter, granddaughter toes, toes, and they're, they're gonna, gonna keep, keep coming, coming until, until people, people like salt and vinegar. Or oh, do you have like a subscription service? Lace like, has my, my grandchildren. grandchildren. Oh. That doesn't seem like a good sponsor if they're gonna kidnap your children. Maybe cut ties with them. Fuck you! <laughs> they have my grandchildren! Maybe we can make a trade. Michael you know, Dolivall for your grandchildren? Yes. Those They're gonna want calves? more. They're a national treasure! And so are your granddaughters. And that's why we... <laughs> and so are your granddaughters. 
Question mark? Those calves, though. All right, you guys have to make a decision. I don't want to put you in the spot as executive producers, but those calves or your granddaughters? What's it going to be? Fine. My son wants his daughters back. Okay, we'll go on air with this. Justin, you have the ties with Michael. Get him back here. I assume that you could get him back here. Are we going to address the nepotism? Because you're clearly related to them. What? Yeah, I read our nepotism clause. I know what's up. What's a nepotism? I just want my daughters back. All right, yeah, Michael. Draft, I'll draft up a thirty percent off sign. All right. Okay, we'll 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 stretch this out. Five, four, three, two. <laughs> Breaking news. It turns out that nepotism exists across the country, including in this very news studio. Oh, that's right. I'm Justin. making a sign. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I can handle this. It's... I can't find any um, markers. Did you check the uh, utility box? You're right. Here, I'll check the utility here's box. One. Ow! Justin, your eye. <laughs> I, I can't see. Here, let me blow on it. Let me blow it. Ah. Uh, Ah, you're blowing the marker deeper into my eye. Ooh, gosh, I'm not helping. Lay, 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 we have your daughters well the proof is in the pudding we'll be back after this commercial break hey uh i i I heard there was a sign uh it's me michael dalval yeah i made a 30 percent off sign to get you here hey you know i love you you've never said that before engage the net what (laughs) what is this it's a ruse. We gotcha. I thought you were Nathan Rouse. No, I'm Nathan Ruse. <laughs> it's the lead singer of fun, Nathan Ruse. Justin, I trusted you. No, I didn't want this. What's going to happen to me? You'll be fine. They're just going to force feed you salt and vinegar chips till you admit that they're the best chips in the world. And then they're going to cut off your calves. No! That's a wrap, guys. I think that's a wrap. Well, well thanks, thanks for, for the, the tour. tour. <laughs> and that's our show. Thank you to this just in. Uh, thank you to Nathan, Justin, Phil. Uh, how can people get a hold of you guys? We'll be performing at Huge on Wednesdays during December and January. Uh, we also are on Facebook at This Just In, the improvised news show. So Facebook.com slash This Just In or the whole thing? Uh, I, that's just our t- I think it's This Just In Improv Butts. It's our- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, it is. This Just In Improv was taken, so we had to add butts. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where you can find us. Um, so telling. <laughs> so telling. It just makes sense. And uh, you can find out about this show and many more uh, by going to hugetheater.com. Huge Theater Wednesdays is a show that uh, has at least four groups every Wednesday. $7 to get in. Uh, it's very worth your time and money. It's uh, typically very, very good front to back. And that's Huge Theater 3037 Lindale Avenue South in Minneapolis. Uh, go check them out and support them. Let's see, Philip. What do you have going on these days? Well, this month's local music scene presents show at Brian Lake Bowl is going to be on Monday, December nineteenth. The guest is John Gens. I don't know John Gens. He is fantastic. I've yeah. known him for several years. Uh, I know him through the uh, open mic that I host. Okay. And uh, he's just a favorite of mine. Yeah. My girlfriend has accused me of liking him more than her, and I have no. No way of refuting that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Y- you hate it when they're right. Yeah. Cool. Um, I don't really have much going on right now, but I uh, will be soon. Except I'm trying to get my Dragon Age game back up and running. So Ooh, yeah. So yeah, there's that. Um, yeah. Uh, Phil, you want in? Uh, I do. Do you? Okay. Cool. We'll talk. I don't later. know what I'm doing. 
Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's perfect. That's fine. Neither does anybody else. Philip, how can people get a hold of us? They can send us an email to nextstepbatpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on facebook.com slash nextstepbat. No buts. No buts. Damn. And check us and other amazing podcasts out on noisepicnic.com. Uh, go to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, rate and review us, let us know what you think. It helps us out a lot, so please do that. Tune in next week when we're going to have the writer, director, producer, and cast and crew of Fun Wit Funny on. And until then, as always, this, this is just in, in butts. butts.